0: Ride with me in my foul life. I'm so good at defies gravity because the world is so stupid and treacherous and I'm still living the American dream beyond your wildest dreams. Lucky, lucky me and lucky, lucky you. So, so let's get this out. So let's talk truth, logic and common sense of the great spirit of the wild and all things God's miraculous creation. Shall we?
1: Yes, always. (laughs) Did you, did you first off, did you have an unbelievable season? It's probably not even over the way you, hunt. you probably got a couple more months of exotic, right?
0: You know, I know you love me, Chad, and I love you too, but you love me mostly not just because I perfected the middle finger how to keep it ignited 24-7, 365, (laughs) 74.6, but the fact that I have managed my priorities, my, my hunting season since the late 60s, certainly by the early 1970s, my hunting season goes all year. And yes, I do tour and I do family stuff all the time. But I just got in from doing my chores. I uh, reset the uh, hog trap. I filled some feeders. I worked on a water crossing. I uh, changed the tire on my Polaris. Um, I took the dogs out. We treat a couple of squirrels but they got in the holes before I could shoot them. So I literally hunt every day. I got a setup in South Texas next week where they're overrun with these Nilgai, magnificent Nilgai antelope that are delicious and wary and hogs from hell. So I'll grab my machine gun and get in a helicopter and balance the earth. So yes, I've had the official September through February, um, you know, whitetail season. Chad, I think God really, really loves me because I had the best deer season of my life. I have never had, I had a better duck season than not only the best in my life, but I killed more ducks and encountered more ducks and my dogs retrieved more ducks than in any 10 year period of my life, mostly because I dedicated more time to it. But yes, I'm still celebrating that the 2022 into 2023 hunting season was by far the best of my life and I'm still shooting good arrows. I got a new 360 Buckhammer Henry rifle here that I shot a couple of Sika uh, deer last week in and in a, in an elk. Uh, yeah, it never ends. I'm having so much fun. It's kind of scary. <laughs>
1: What I'm try to relate it to age though, real quick. I'm 48. You're you just turned 74. Four. Four. Okay. You have more energy than most 48 year olds do. Now, do you? Is it fair to say that hunters never die? And I don't mean that like we don't die. I get that, but hunting keeps us young in a way to where you literally just said verbatim, "This was the best hunting season of my life." Like. How do you attribute that when you were in your 30s and 40s, you're making millions of dollars touring the world, you're a rock and roll god, you still are, you're shooting animals every single day, you're hunting with the great Fred Bear that we're going to get into today, but how do you say at 74 years old that this could possibly be your best hunting season? You got to be slowing down some. Well, I'm not slowing
0: down some. Um, I, I thank God every day I am, but I think it's important, I emphasize this, I do media every day, all various types of media, not just, you know, sporting and conservation, but I do political media every day. I do, you know, uh, d- 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 policy-driven media every day. I just raise hell about rock and roll every day. I do media around the world with rock and roll and music and the the, 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 <laughs> the effervescence of my musical career that I'm so lucky and so blessed to have. Mm but let me put it in perspective. Okay, so I'm shooting really good arrows. I just shot my Matthews. I got a new Matthews image bow, a nice 46 pounds, lightweight and graceful and and spiritual mystical flight of the arrow invigorating. So I shoot my bow every day, but let's take it back to my youth. I was hunting with my dad. You know, I I was following him around the northern woods of Michigan with my little bow and arrow. Uh, during the archery season back in 1955 56 I was just six seven years old but I was bow hunting I had a, I had a, a broad head on the, my cedar arrow and if I saw a deer I would have shot it. So let's juxtapose my figuring it out pretty well nobody, uh, nobody ultimately perfectly figures out how to kill a deer with a bow and arrow but we learn from trial and error. Let's go back to those first years where we never saw a deer we had no idea what we were doing. We didn't know about the wind. We didn't know about habitat. We didn't know about deer habits. We didn't know about scrapes or vocalizations. We didn't know about rubs. We just grabbed our bow and arrow and put on a Pendleton plaid shirt and went for a walk in the woods real quiet and stealthy hoping that we could get to a deer before he gave us that white tail middle finger. <laughs> so so those were, those were exasperating. But here's the beauty of my American dream if I may share it with my Chad Belding podcasters yes i never gave up now i don't know why i didn't get so frustrated never saw a deer never killed a deer i was having a hard time getting close to squirrels and woodchucks but i i was frustrated and i i have to admit i got a little angry after a couple weeks of deer hunting and then a couple years of deer hunting, still no backstraps. I mean, many, many years up until I was 19, I didn't kill my first deer till I was 19. So the frustration of those, you know, unsuccessful, but here, I guess that's the, that's the point. They weren't unsuccessful. I didn't get any meat out of the deal, but my God, did I get the stimuli? Did I get the, 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 the understanding? of how I belong, and a, and a conscientious, well-thought, stealthy, tuned-in foot had its rewards. Ah, I could get a little closer to that, that duck on the pond. I could get a little closer to that chipmunk on the log. So I learned that instead of blundering through life, one must be tuned in, conscientious, and stealthy as not just in killing a deer with a bow and arrow but playing guitar, being a parent, being a husband, being a a farmer, a rancher, being a good citizen in the asset column. So your, your point about hunters never die, the Fred Bear song, the chorus ends each stanza in the wind, he's still alive. We just celebrated Fred's 126th birthday in Grayling, Michigan. I wasn't there but I was there in spirit and the song was certainly there. And so there is a, a gang, a, a, a clan, a, 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 a village, a, a segment of society that looks to Fred bear as if he's at the camp. I mean with that song when people call me, I got a, I got a text this morning. When I play the Fred bear song in my truck, it goes faster. And I actually feel the presence of you and Fred. What a, what a lucky connection that is. So yes, a hunter never does die. As I pass it on to my kids and my grandkids, and we all do this, that's the big emphasis nowadays, is passing it on and keeping the conservation ethic alive. It's true that Fred is with me. My brother John is with me. My dad is still with me. My uncle John, Monk. I'm getting goosebumps. My cousin Mark, who I learned to shoot squirrels with bows and arrows when I was seven and eight years old, they're gone, but they're still here in spirit. That's like when Gary Rosington died from, cheap, from, uh, from uh, uh, Leonard Skinner, and Eddie Van Halen died, and all these great musical forces died, you can still, you can still connect with them deeply through the music. Well, in the hunting world, We can still connect with how we conduct ourselves, the lessons we learned from our forefathers and and our peers, and it never ends. So I'm old. I'm hoping to get another 20 opening days, but I take good care of myself. And this is what I emphasize in all my media. I've been clean and sober for 74 years. As a bow hunter, you are not going to get backstraps if you're drunk or stoned, and you're not going to be happy if you're drunk or stoned and you're not going to be a positive force in your family and friends if you're drunk and stoned. So that's where my energy comes from. I've taken good care of my sacred temple and the energy and the enthusiasm. There's a term avidity. Avidity is a noun. Extreme eagerness and enthusiasm. I have avidity. I see you on TV you have avidity. You can't wait to get those decoys out. You can't wait to get that Labrador in the blind. You can't wait to throw them three inches in that magazine. You have avidity. sportsmen. we don't just enjoy the outdoors we crave it. Everybody knows when the opening day is this year. Everybody knows what they need to do to get ready for the hunting season. It, it brings effervescence, positive spirit to everything we do because we can't wait for October.
1: How how do you, when you start talking about avidity and bef- before we go into the actual, you know, the part about hunting and the, 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 for lack of better terms, the shit you have taken over the last 50 or 60 years of being a rock and roller that actually kills animals and we know why you do, but... Tell me first, how did you avoid rumors or the negativity or pessimism that there's no way that Ted Nugent could be sober? How could you have the long hair and rock out rock out any stadium arena in the world? Because the, the, the rock and roll lifestyle has always been those three words. How and, I, and I'm sure you were part of some of those probably the s and the r in that in the three words that i'm you know the 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 terms that i'm talking about but how do you keep the drugs out of that type of lifestyle and more importantly how did you mentally and emotionally control your temper or your 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 give a shit meter of like wanting to strangle somebody when they automatically assumed that you had to be stoned or high or drunk you know that last uh, uh
0: monologue I just gave you to a simple question I'm afraid you're gonna to have to deal with another extensive monologue because the answer to that question it's fascinating to me and I think it's just fascinating in the human experience my dad was such a drill sergeant I mean literally a drill sergeant in the U.S. Army cavalry he trained horses with a whip <laughs> and he never stopped doing that and how he trained our kids now he never whipped us but boy we knew it was in the closet. <laughs> Um, uh, I had this white privilege. I had the privilege of my dad having his boot up my ass my entire youth to discipline me and guide me to do the right thing and if I got out of the line he'd knock my block off. That's the that's the privilege of humanity of good parenting and discipline. So with that in mind was I or was I not the ultimate poster child for rebellion to go against all that discipline and get drunk and stoned like all the other hippies around me especially when everybody was drooling and puking and thinking they were partying and falling over and dying and they put a lot of pressure on me but I take it back to the other side of my dad which part of that discipline was to be a conscientious archer bow hunter. He never used the word resource steward or conservation. It was just a given. When you, when you talk about coming to dinner, you expect there will probably be some food there. <laughs> so when you're hunting, that is conservation. That is resource stewardship. So it was never mentioned because it was a universally understood given and responsibility, uh, biblically and instinctually. So not only did I not rebel against my dad and, and do all the stupid things that young people were doing in the 50s and 60s, But as a bow hunter, I was so mesmerized by getting close to animals. I grew up along the Rouge River in Detroit. It was in Detroit, but it was the Rouge River, and there was wildlife everywhere. It was awesome. And I would spend all my time, when everybody else was playing baseball and football and basketball and hockey and whatever else they were doing, I was in the woods making bows and arrows and slingshots and trying to shoot a duck. I was just fascinated by the time with my dad in the northern woods of Michigan, And I realized that his discipline against drugs, alcohol, tobacco even though Chad he smoked and drank. (laughs) My parents both smoked and and drank but they hammered at home that we weren't allowed to. So again I should have been the rebel but because I was more focused on the time with my dad in the woods trying to get close to game. I couldn't have said it then but I can say it and I've been able to say it for the last 40 years at least that higher level of awareness that is the foundation of stealthy hunting was more powerful drive for me than to be like everybody else and you get drunk and you turn 21 and you get drunk. No you don't. You turn 21 and you have a good day. You be the best that you can be. Now juxtapose that craving to get close to game with a bow and arrow with the fact that I got to play with the greatest musicians in the world. And when you're 19 and invited on stage with by B.B. King, you don't want to be comfortably numb. You don't want to be uncomfortably dumb and drunk and stoned. You want to absorb B.B. King's musical genius. And so I was driven to avoid the process by which all my friends we're getting stupid and stoned and drooling and puking and, and dying. And so my own instinct said, well, I should probably rebel against my dad. But if I rebelled against my dad, I would do what these people are doing. And they stink. These people are forgetting this great arrangement we rehearsed with the Amboy Dukes. and They, re, they forgot the arrangement because they're high. So I should probably not get high that will deter and compromise my musical dreams and ultimately it will destroy my bow hunting dreams so let's just say that the simple answer to how I avoided that so-called peer pressure I would like to make a point that I love my fellow man but I have no peers I'm me I'm the only one like this. And I'd like to think you're the only one like this. And you should be an independent individual, rugged individual, independent dreamer. And that's what I've always been. So I have no peers with all due respect to those great musicians, those great bow hunters. I'm me and no peer can pressure me. I can only be pressured by one thing in this world and and it's Mrs. Nugent. That's the only pressure I'm (laughs) susceptible to. So I'm, I'm going to attribute it, Chad, to shit luck. Just luck that I was not influenced by the musical silliness around me the musical silliness in the world of getting drunk and stoned, but rather focus on the musical forces, the the incredible dynamic of my black musical heroes. And in order to play like James Brown's band, you can't be comfortably numb. You got to be cocked, locked, and ready to rock, Doc. You got to be tuned in with the drums and the bass and the movement and the rhythms and the grinds and the grooves and the arrangements, the crescendos and the dynamics. So luckily, my passions for getting close to game, with a bow and arrow ultimately and, and swinging on a 50 mile an hour mallard all that sportsmanship marksmanship uh, archery hunting discipline and and cravings it it fortified me to defy the so-called peer pressure and You stop and look at my bands my god I had you know we're talking about filling arenas and playing rock and roll and going crazy well I had the best tour of my life last year. It was absolutely out of body my guitar tones scary it's so cool. My band Greg Smith on bass and Jason Hartless on drums these guys are so tuned in that if James Brown was alive he'd hire them. So my point is is that even as old as I am and I can't dance like an idiot and I can't jump off amplifiers and swing from ropes but musically The audiences were completely out of control, celebrating the music that Greg and Jason and I delivered. And this year we're going on tour July and August, and I promise you, Chad, it's gonna be the most outrageous musical force of fun and groove and grind and animal breeding soundtrack that anybody's ever witnessed because the songs are so compelling. They're so much fun to play. And we are such music lovers and musicians that we are We are compelled on every level to deliver every song, every concert, every night, every lick, to the absolute best of our abilities, so that's how I avoided all that stupidity. Because I really love my life, and I'm not going to completely destroy it the way Jimi Hendrix did, and the way John Bon Scott did, and the way John Belushi did, and the way that all these geniuses did because they thought they were supposed to get high, and they're dead. Jimmy got high. Jimmy's dead. I went hunting. I'm still Ted. Figure it out.
1: <laughs> okay. So, oh, I like that. That was good. Um, you just named some some icons in in both acting and comedy and music. Jimi Hendrix played a guitar upside down, left handed. He could rip, uh, but he 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 perished because he he choked on his own vomit, I believe, if I know the story correctly from being high. So let me ask you this though: besides the icons that we lost, you know, we just lost, you know, the guys that you just talked about with Leonard Skinner and and Eddie Van Halen, Eddie probably died from uh, a lot of smoking, I guess. But would you say, in your opinion, Uncle Ted, that we were cheated of great music even by the people that didn't die, let's just take some of the bands that I listen to, Led Zeppelin or, or ZZ Top or um, Leonard Skinner, or Guns N' Roses, who I'm on record as saying is my favorite band of all time. I love Axl Rose. You've talked about how talented Slash is. Did we get cheated a great? Could they have been better? Did we not even hear their best because they were so messed up all the time? And is Slash and Duff and all those guys in GNR better now that they've got a decade of sobriety in them? Are they playing better than ever? And was Appetite for Destruction just okay, and it could have been way better if they weren't stoned out of their mind or higher than, higher than you know what? Yes, 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 and yes. It's, it's kind of a different question, but I'm wondering, like were they, was, was, was Slash out of tune back then? Was he not that complex of a guitar player because he was so messed up all the time? I, I, I don't know the definitive answer to that because I've only
0: done one show with Guns N' Roses. One of their first ones, we did the Santa Monica Civic Center back, I think in, in 81, maybe. Um, uh, I, probably like 85. Could, could, maybe it was. That. Yeah, it was the Little Miss. That's right. It was the Little Miss Dangerous tour, my Little Miss Dangerous record. Boy, what a wonderful era that was. Anyhow, um, so they got on stage and they rocked their balls off. But let me, let me make an admission here. I condemn substance abuse. I just outright condemn it. And do we wish we could hear what Jimi Hendrix could have done and what John Belushi could have done and what Bon Scott could have done and what uh, uh, all these lost souls could have provided? I would hate to think of it in terms of selfishness because I think it might be selfish of us to desire their choices to 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 satisfy us instead of them and I give you one name Keith Richards. Now I condemn substance abuse but I love Keith Richards and this guy is a chemical repository. I spent the weekend with I think I told you this last time I spent the weekend in 79 with Keith Richards at studio 54 in New York City. And he's such a hero of mine. He's a direct link to Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley and all those original blues, soulful monsters of, of, of authentic, emotional, dynamic, uh, work ethic, music masterpieces. So Keith is, is directly connected to that. And he, that's, he's where we all got that from, including Slash, including Eddie Van Halen, including everybody else got it from the Stones and the Beatles bringing us American Black artists, authenticity so could jimmy hendrix have written purple haze if he didn't mess with lsd probably not um but i think the best celebration between you and i was music lovers i'm a i'm a music lover i'm addicted to it i just got done playing my guitar now and i can hardly stand myself i got these new licks i got a song called peanut butter <laughs> there's just this greasy nasty dripping gooey sexy guitar pattern that's like Chuck Berry meets Yusef Latif and John Coltrane and Howlin' Wolf <laughs> so so I love music like you do but let's let's emphasize the conclusion of this investigation we're pursuing together here and I say yes I think Guns N Roses are probably a more powerful music force right now clean and sober than they were then because you mentioned being in tune. If you're not in tune the brilliance of that composition will not really be absorbed by the listener if you're irresponsible enough to get drunk or stoned and not be in tune. So I slash is a musical force. Uh, Axel is a musical soulful force for this crazy white guy and his the band is all about groove and authenticity and dynamics and they capture your musical cravings because they put their heart and soul into it. I am convinced and I think you shall be. That when you are clean and sober with your gifts from God, musical, artistic, welding, mechanics, carpentry, whatever, um, hunting guides, parenting, of course you're going to be better clean and sober because God gave us everything we need. And in, I know that there's proof that some hallucinogenics and some psychedelics can assist our heroes in the military with post-traumatic stress. And so I applaud that. And if LSD will save a life, I happen to know for a fact, I don't know if I'm even allowed to say this, but Marcus Luttrell's life was saved by psychedelics, the things that I condemn. But I've also made it perfectly clear since the 1960s that any herbal organic entity If it benefits the health of a human, it should be legal and accessible without hindrance. So I'm touching on a lot of bases here, but for me, especially as a hunter, Chad, I'm not going I'm not going pheasant hunting with somebody who's high. I don't want to see the muzzle of that 12 gauge. I'm not going, I'm not going to a deer camp where people are drunk and drooling where they got guns and knives in the in the camp. I just, I'm just, i just not going there. I don't think it's cute. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's fun. I think it's a pain in the ass. I think people that are drunk and stoned are a pain in the ass. And I, I completely eliminate them from my life. I will not hang out with them and I will not give them the benefit of the doubt. I think clean and sober puts you in the asset column. You're more communicable, you're more positive, you you're have better ideas, you're, you're friendlier, you're more positive, you're funnier, you're cockier, you're clean and sober though I know some drunk guys think they're cocky but they're drooling which completely mitigates it. Uh, so my point <laughs> is is that as a bow hunter and as a guitar player and as a, as a dad, as a husband, as a guide, I guide an outfit I hundreds of hunters every year in my sunrise safaris we have quite a vetting process, you know, there's no, no alcohol and certainly no dope allowed in our camp. Now, after the hunt, as the sun's going down, the guys wanna have a beer, great. Better than a Coca-Cola, that's for sure. Uh, it's a beverage, but not when you start losing touch. I like people who maximize and prioritize a higher level of awareness, not a comfortably numb, destroyed level of awareness.
1: Okay, and with, with the word awareness now, in our in our country at this time, where do you stand with the next forty? Um, excuse me, the next twenty four months, okay. crystal ball, Ted Nugent style, are we? I I see both sides of the media and obviously you do too, and you're doing a great job with your media and obviously I've always bragged on um, of of how you are such a supportive voice, not just hunting and shooting rights, but just common sense in my opinion. Um, Where is it going? Is the tide turning at all? Does the Republican Party have a chance in 24 months? Is it going to be Donald Trump again? I mean, all of these questions are arising because you see some of the Republicans coming out that are announcing their campaign. You, you saw what happened at the caucus a couple of weeks ago at um, when, when Donald Trump at, was, was gave his speech, and I was blown away by his by by what he was saying. Again, um, I'm impressed with what he's been doing lately up in Ohio with the train derailment and the, in the chemicals. I saw what he did yesterday. I believe in Iowa for the firefighters. Um, People could blame that on a media blitz and just doing that with the cameras following you. But what is going on, uncle Ted? I don't want to get into a bashing deal. Obviously we can, if we want, but I, 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 this administration is doing, is done so much bad is it's just obvious to me, I guess, in a nutshell, that it has to change and it has to go the other direction. Do we have a chance in the next 24 months to take it there?
0: I'm the eternal optimist. Um, I see positive indicators. I mean, just the fact that we held McCarthy's feet to the uh, Make America Great Fire uh, uh, job description, uh, the, the, the the rebels in the Republican Party that demanded he address the border, address Ukraine, address the uh, the uh, the orchestration of fentanyl slaughter of Americans by our own government, that he addressed the uh, the the torching and, and intentional uh, uh, orgy of tax torching by hardworking Americans, uh, giving military equipment to the Taliban, um, taking our tax dollars to fund Planned Parenthood to slaughter innocent babies. Uh, so the fact that McCarthy came around and that there were rebels in the Republican Party, real real Republicans, not to be confused with the John Thune of South Dakota. Boy, what happened to John Thune, Mitt Romney? What, kind, what species is that? All these Republican and name only backstabbers and oath violators when you are against uh, your duties constitutionally to we the people you're violating your oath that's treason in my book so I'm going off on a tangent here which I'm really good at but hope springs eternal I see good indicators I am with you 100% I hope everyone listening right now will take a deep breath and don't those that don't agree with me don't get angry don't start calling me names. Just everyone take a deep breath and examine the track record, the quality of life under the four years of what I'm convinced is the greatest president of all times. And I really believe that if we don't get Trump in, DeSantis is awesome. Um this, uh, I can't even pronounce his name right now. This, this I think he's an Indian guy. He's on Tucker all the time and he's brilliant. I wish I could mention his name right now. I think Avec or something like that, a different type of name. He's brilliant. His, his uh, policies are rock solid. But I would like everyone in the sporting community, which I think is our demographic right now on the Chad Balding, Chad Balding uh, podcast, Donald Trump is the guy. Donald Trump brings the lowest unemployment. That's good. Donald Trump secures the border. That's really good. Donald Trump respects the hard-earned tax dollars of Americans instead of giving it to our enemies, instead of giving it to the Paris Accord so we have to pay for the pollution of Bangladesh, Vietnam, India, and Pakistan, and China. That's what the Paris Accord was. American tax dollars were paying the fines of polluters when we had cleaner air, soil, and water than any of them. Uh, So Donald Trump, I would love to see the licensed hunting families of America just take a deep breath and realize that the only way to beat these horrible, horrible anti-American, anti-human Democrats, and people think that's hyperbole, the words have iron, the evidence of their anti-humanism the evidence of the Joe Biden gangster's anti-American agenda. They literally will bend over to reward murderers and then condemn an American for self-defense. George Kelly, Arizona, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, Um, so many examples. We as a sporting community, if we voted en masse, if we got off our ass and voted, all of us, for real conservative Republicans, America would be on the fast track to that shining city on the hill. It's it's that simple. Everything Joe Biden has done, Trump warned us about. Biden has accomplished it, and Biden has ruined everything. He is an evil, scary, embarrassing, horrible, tyrannical man. He's a bad, bad father, he's a bad, bad husband, he's a bad, bad American, he's a horrible human being and his entire administration have toxified everything they have touched and Donald Trump had everything right. We had energy dominance not energy independence, we had energy dominance. It was an asset we were getting paid for our energy instead of our own government blowing up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline in creating the worst environmental disaster in the history of planet Earth. And Joe Biden's gang did that. And I could go on and on with thousands of examples. But if anybody out there is still confused what Joe Biden represents, my God, you need to put down the pipe. You need to quit scooping L- LSD into your mouth. Joe Biden is a scary, horrible dangerous evil man and everybody in his administration is supporting that dangerous evil American destroying agenda and Donald Trump has the answer to every problem we have in America. He is the man to make America great, strong, independent and in charge. China and and Russia, Trump warned us that this would happen if a weak, weak guy that Biden has come right out and said, Chad, that we're going to hire you in the federal government if, you, if your skin is a certain color and if you are a homosexual. So to the Biden administration, it's not the content of your character or your expertise or your talents. It's about the color of your skin and your homosexuality. He's come right out and said it. If that doesn't, if that's not pure evil, I don't know what is. That's as anti-human as a human can be. And Donald Trump is against all those horrible things and he's for we the people. There's a term, the term is shit kicker. Believe it or not, even in that suit and with that hair, Donald Trump is a shit kicker. He's a down to earth street guy. He's a pragmatist, he's a realist. And he's a constitutionalist. And if the sporting community would vote for this man across the board, we would not only make America great, but then we could start arresting these treasonous, evil people in the Democrat Party who've ruined everything.
1: How do I answer the question when I say stuff along the lines that you just said the last four or five minutes, Uncle Ted? When you say, I look at people and I say, just tell me. Right now, what did he not do that he promised in the 2016 campaign? When he went on the campaign trail, he said this is what he was going to do, whether it was the border, whether it was embargo, whether it was China, whether it was tariffs, you name it. Homeland security, military taxes. He did not fault on any of it. The one thing that I hear consistently, and this comes from Republicans, too, that that are sportsmen. Some of them even work in this industry and their livelihood depends on this, which they could say, well, Obama was one of the greatest gun salesmen ever. And, you know, you you say all that. But I'm talking about supporting the ones that support us. They always have the same they always have the same rebuttal. Well, if he would have just stayed off Twitter, if he would just keep his big egotistical mouth shut. And I'm like, wait a minute. He's a CEO mentality. He's a leader. What is wrong with opening your mouth and starting shit when it needs to be started? That's always what I say. How do I answer this where I don't come across ignorant?
0: Look him right in the eye and go, well, you soulless pussy. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Do you want to get the job done or you want your feelings protected? What's more important, making America great or your feelings? Take your feelings and shove them up your ass. We need to get the job done. President Donald Trump is a leader. He took care of business. He went to North Korea. He confronted uh, Putin. He made sure that we were safe. He got us out of illegal, immoral, anti-constitutional wars. Everything he did was great, but you're worried that he hurt your feeling because he said something smart. And I'd like to say, another thing you should say after you call him a soulless pussy, you should say, (laughs) give me an example. What did he say that you thought was caustic or abrasive? Because they've got nothing. What they claim are mean tweets are inconsequential. I mean, you and I, in order to be successful for us to get from one day to the other, we got to be honest. And if one of my guys has got a booger coming out of his nose, I'm not going to go, gee, look, don't tell don't tell him but he's gotta tell him tell him he's got a booger coming out of his nose if that hurts your feeling you're not man enough to be in my band which by the way I've never had to tell anybody that but the point is is you need to be confrontational to get the job done and if your feelings are hurt because someone confronts you then get the hell out of my way and let me get somebody with some balls. Donald Trump had balls and we've been not only dumbed down in America by an anti-education system in the media and Hollywood and big tech fact checkers. <laughs> But the, the things that we have to deal with on a daily basis are just bizarro world. It's like it's like Rod Sterling wouldn't even produce this Twilight Zone. This is too stupid. What's going on? So when people in the industry or anywhere in life say something like that, I very very calmly say, "Well, you soulless pussy. So your feelings <laughs> matter. Really, your feelings will help me be happy. How? Because Donald Trump made America great. Now I'm going to go interject here, Chad." Trump made a few horrible mistakes. Uh, This isn't number one, but one of them is the bump stock ban. What a joke. What did that have to do with anything? How about nothing? And he listened to Fauci too long because Fauci is pure evil. He should. But he was he was entrenched. Fauci was entrenched. And everybody goes, he's the health guy. He's the health guy. He's in charge of the health. He, so Trump came in as an outsider and goes, all right, well, this guy's there. And the probably the worst mistake of all, General Mark Milley is the Joint Chiefs of Staff. This guy's in charge of the American military and he can't even do one push-up. Not only that, but I think he's Michael Moore's boyfriend. General Mark Milley claims that white rage is a threat to America and I would ask General Mark Milley, you fat slob, name me one instance where white rage has ever caused any problems. Did any white rage kill anybody in Chicago this weekend? No. Did white rage burn down Seattle? No. Did white General Mark Milley Joint Chiefs of Staff? This guy said on television, I called the uh, Chinese military commander and let him know that I would warn him what our plans are the United States military leader said he called the communist Chinese military leader and let him know he would warn him what America's plans are Why didn't the U.S. Marshals tackle that fat slob and put him in a straitjacket and try him for treason so we faced a firing squad? General Mark Milley, you are a bad, bad man. You have lost your soul. All my military buddies, which I spend every day with, the Delta Force and the Army Rangers and the Green Berets and the Navy SEALs, these are the best warriors in the world. They said at one time, General Mark Milley, you were an absolute military leader, but you've turned into a communist pawn. The Joint Chiefs of Staff of the U.S. Military Chab has come out and said these treasonous declarations and people look the other way. So Trump listened to this punk far too long Listened to Fauci punk far too long and he banned bump stocks with never (laughs) nobody's ever been shot with a bump stock. Meanwhile people are slaughtering each other with all kinds of weaponry including cinder blocks and pipes and pool cues but they keep arresting them, keep letting them out so they can keep slaughtering people with cinder blocks and pipes and pool cues when no assault weapon is ever used anywhere to kill anybody. Well occasionally but like one percent of the time. So if you had a if you had a leak in your room and you saw a 90 percent gap and you saw a one percent gap how would you stop the leak in your room going after the one percent gap or going after the 90 percent gap these people are out of their minds
1: i couldn't agree more do you think that going back to my two questions ago do you think the tide is starting to turn with more than the mccarthy but with with what just happened with the mayor race in chicago other states making decisions like this um One of the things that is in the news right now is the Silicon Valley Bank, and it's it's you know crumbling down. And Biden gets on, says he's going to save it. No other banks will crash under my presidency. But he never got on, or never tried to go to Ohio and save the people when the train derailments happened. But all of a sudden, big tech comes back into the question. Facebook lays off ten thousand more employees just yesterday, or it might have happened this morning. I don't know. But there's a lot of signs that what they think was working with all of the hundreds of millions. Billions of dollars that Zuckerberg gave to this administration and to China and to make sure that this administration was voted in. Now, all of a sudden, you see your company going the other way. Are the signs starting to show that people have to start admitting that we did have a quality of life from 2016 to 20? And now we're in the shithole. All those examples you just gave, Chad,
0: are right on the money, but I think some really powerful indicators are that Bill Maher is starting to sound like Ted Nugent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is true.
0: And even John Stewart is getting honest. John Stewart, a, you know, a shill for the for the the so called progressive liberals. Um he's now coming around and even on Stephen Colbert, who's just a just a horrible punk of a a shallow human being. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt the human being reference. Um, so John Stewart was on uh, Stephen Colbert and he let him have it regarding the Wuhan virus and why do you think they call it the Wuhan virus and you think it's it's racist to call it a Chinese virus it's in Wuhan there's a Wuhan lab that's where it came from and let me make one thing perfectly clear about the Wuhan weaponized virus. I keep hearing people go you know you think it leaked it it didn't leak The communist Chinese military were creating a weaponized virus to kill people and Fauci, Pelosi and Obama were there financing the weaponized virus to kill Americans in Wuhan with our tax dollars. Somebody write that down. And here's another little exclamation I thought I'd share. It's not a vaccine. It's an experimental shot. And if you took the experimental shot, I pray for you because more people's lives have been ruined and lost from the experimental shot than from the Wuhan weaponized virus because they were given bad information by a corrupt health industry. Can't believe they even call it a health industry. The CDC is the enemy. The FBI is the enemy. The FDA is the enemy. The USDA is the enemy. Somebody figure this out. The guitar players figured it out. So these are the kind of issues that I confront every day in the media and I got to tell you I do. I do these interviews where these people I make statements like that and there's there's silence because they know I'm right. They know I have unlimited evidence to support every word out of my mouth I've shared with you here today Chad. The evidence is unlimited, overwhelming, ubiquitous and, and, and endless. So we the people in the sporting community, it goes right back So to answer your specific inquiry, yes, there are many indicators that even the brainwashed brain dead sheep liberals are seeing that their own quality of life when they go to the gas station, when they go to the grocery store, when they see their friends dying from an experimental shot, when they see athletes tipping over left and right from the experimental shot. Even the dumbest people in the world are having a, a, a life-saving aha moment because they can see that everything the Democrats do is pure evil. They are against the best of us and they are gung-ho for the worst of us. They are orchestrating an invasion. The Democrats have opened the borders so the Chinese produced chemical warfare of fentanyl and methamphetamine can be brought over by Barack Obama and Eric Holder's gun running friends in the cartels to kill Americans. That's Joe Biden killing Americans with the open borders so the Chinese chemical warfare of fentanyl and methamphetamine can be brought in by the savages of the drug cartel which happens to be the friends of Barack Obama and Eric Holder who they supplied guns to to kill Americans. Hello and let's go back to our first exchange, shall we Chad? When people are getting, well it's a a victimless crime, it's a harmless, really? Really, all these Americans dropping like flies, worse than the, the death rate in, 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 in World War II, in many instances, the worse than Normandy Beach, worse than the entire Vietnam slaughter of Americans, are dying from the chemical warfare of the fentanyl and methamphetamine from the Chinese through Barack, through Eric, Barack Obama, Eric Holder and Joe Biden's open border brought in by the drug cartels and children that vanish because of the child sex trafficking. This is all on Joe Biden. If you hated Donald Trump you did this. People who don't like Donald Trump you killed hundreds of thousands of Americans. You did that because your feelings were hurt by a tweet Instead of just having good things done, you who hate Barack, who hate Donald Trump, you are facilitating this engineered recidivism where innocent Americans are being slaughtered by violent criminals that our failed justice system keeps letting out to be violent criminals over and over again. You that hated Trump, you killed them. You're complicit. Have a nice day, but it's not too late for you idiots. You need to wake up and and witness the evidence and read realize that if you hated Donald Trump you ushered in this rabid dog of Joe Biden and every kid that gets bitten by Joe Biden dies from rabies you did that and those who are not able to grasp a metaphor or an analogy let me just tell you that Americans are dropping at an unprecedented rate because of the Trump haters
1: period on the other side of the messaging, Ted Nugent, is it safe to say, in your opinion, that when you mention somebody like Stephen Colbert, and I actually rank uh, Mr. Jimmy Kimmel right up there with him, and what we, saw, what we saw at the Oscars the other night, and the speech that was given about about um, you know different types of lifestyles and choices, I don't want to go into it, but are these so-called quote-unquote celebrities paid to get this messaging out there to their cohorts that tune in. I mean, the audiences have never been smaller in late-night television, but even my late-night hero, Johnny Carson, I just saw an interview that he did with Reagan back in like 81, I believe, that was genius. But then I, I have another late-night hero in David Letterman, which I'm sure you've met, that is completely turned against what I have believed in. My, my daytime radio hero, Howard Stern, has completely turned in what I believe in and now their messaging is to support all of this is there financial gains for these people or these puppets because there's no way they could literally somebody as smart as Howard Stern cannot be making these decisions based on the facts there's just no possible way unless I'm ignorant. But Stephen Colbert literally had dancing vaccine syringes behind him on one of his episodes. And I'm sitting there going, you're literally telling America something that is not true. You have to be gaining financial, financial uh I guess financial gains you have to be gaining gains Mr. Ted for lack of better terms because there's just no way that people should be forced to watch that stuff it used to be to where you'd have somebody come out and do stupid pet tricks but now you have syringes dancing to get this messaging across it absolutely drives me crazy every time I see it and I'm not saying that I that I search it out it's in our face every single day no matter what media you follow
0: you're right on every front I got to believe that there is a and under-the-table financial benefit to these people because I, I've i been doing Howard Stern's radio shows since way back in the 1970s when he was just first starting out. I was in his movie. He, he and I got along just great. I mean, I have a lot of great Howard Stern stories. I was, I was on Jimmy Kimmel with the great Tommy Clefettos on drums and Marco Mendoza on bass playing my songs with his incredible band, performing with his band. I was on Conan O'Brien playing with the E Street Band. I, I was on Letterman seven times. We had a riot and we got along just fine, though he did try to confront me on the gun control thing and I fixed that in about four seconds. Um, and I, I was funnier than he was. Um, my point is, is that I've been in the belly of that beast. I've I've been on uh, Bill Marshall 16 times back in Politically Incorrect. I, I was uh, interviewed by Jon Stewart on MTV when he tried to condemn me for being a hunter and I grabbed his foot and I held up his boot and I went did you kill this or did you just pay somebody to kill this and he goes well you got a point there and I go I always have a point there John you don't have a point I got the points so if you'd like I can educate you and I just did and I threw his shoe back down on the floor it was awesome I leave these people absolutely helpless um the point being is that I've seen this metamorphosis this decay this downgrade this flushing toilet of David Letterman and Jimmy Kimmel and Howard Stern and John Stewart and Conan O'Brien. We got along just great. So I suppose if you smoke dope every day you can get that stupid and I suspect some of them do allegedly. Um, if you are surrounded constantly by yes men who feed you limited information with big tech and you've got nothing but comfortably numb friends. And again, Bill Maher, he sounds more like me lately than the old Bill Maher. So I've I've watched this transition from just, you know, really open-minded and willing to discuss to be just downright imbecilic in their denial cult and in their left-wing communist embracement. Um, And then I see a little hiccup coming from Stewart on Colbert lately. I was invited on Colbert's show a number of times, just logistically, I'd love to go on because I could have have ripped his head off and shit down his neck um, and made it funny. Uh, But I declined because of scheduling. My point being is that I think you have a point and I think there's been evidence recently Shemaine my wonderful wife she has a real America voice faith and freedom podcast Shemaine Nugent real America's voice faith and freedom I have a Ted Nugent real America's voice spirit campfire every week and I do the nightly nudge every night and I die I dissect and analyze and investigate all these strange strange horrible policies that kind of strangle the entrepreneurs and the hard-working American families so I have watched the change in the media from like you said Johnny Carson when I'd come home from a European tour I knew I was home in America when I turned on Johnny Carson there was just something about it and and I watched Conan go from sensible to just downright stupid commie. I watched uh, Stewart do the same thing. I watched Letterman do the same thing. I watched Kimmel and, and all these people just lose their soul. Not just lose their mind but lose their soul. They still see this footage of the January 6th scam where the January 6th committee claimed they're investigating it. You don't investigate a bank robbery if you don't review the security camera footage. You can claim you're investigating the bank robbery, but if you don't look at the security camera footage, you're lying. You're not investigating anything. And the January 6th committee was lying. Everything they did was one big, horrible, nasty, oath-violating lie because you don't investigate January 6th and not allow the security camera footage to be part of the investigation yeah, just so a little crazy. observation from just the crazy tango, maybe the truth logic and common sense crowbar up your ass might help <laughs> the point is is that your observations have credence because I don't believe that Kimmel could possibly be that stupid there's no way just no um, way. That 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 I think I think Stephen Colbert can be that stupid. I think he really is that stupid.
1: Can but you I, imagine can you imagine the choreography in the the auditioning or the what is it called when you go practice? It's uh, like sound check <laughs> rehearsal, sound check. Rehear, like they're, they're out there rehearsing this deal. And I'm like, these people are actually going to go and do this. They're dressed up like syringes with the vaccine. What message they're giving this message to these viewers that are tuning in to be entertained and to chuckle and laugh and to watch maybe a good band play. It's like shut up and sing. But my buddy Brett Cobb wrote a song called Shut Up and Sing. Why can't I just. I remember watching Eddie Murphy stand up. There was never mention of any politics in there at all. He just said shit that he'd get canceled in five seconds today. I get that. But he was absolutely genius. Next level genius back in raw and delirious in the mid 80s and the early 80s. And now Dave Chappelle goes on and says something like that. He's canceled. But Stephen Colbert can go on there and shove it down your throat on public TV on one of the three major networks. It's it's mind blowing.
0: Yeah. And I think there is a backlash. I think what you're indicating in numerous of your questions here today, Chad, is that there is some positive indicators that we're getting back on track to God, family, country, Constitution, Bill of Rights, law and order being the best that you can be, work ethic, you know, excellence, uh, uh, meritocracy instead of mediocrity, um, law and order. I really believe that even those who blindly and foolishly and mistakenly went with the leftist agenda and Biden and Democrats they're starting to realize that that's their daughter that got raped, that's their neighbor that got killed, that's their buddy that got carjacked and the, the evil people don't give a damn what your political credentials are. There's a runaway explosion of violent crime that is a direct result of engineered recidivism. I would like to think everyone watching us right now might call their mayor, their chief of police, their state trooper commander, and their sheriff. You might call your senator, and your congressman, and your attorney general. You might call your governor's office and go, hey, we see what's going on here. It's engineered recidivism. You're doing this on purpose. When people shoot at people, I don't really care if they hit them or not. If they're willing to shoot at people, I don't ever want them in the same mall as my children. If someone is willing to shoot at someone on the street, put him in a cage. If the victim didn't do the right thing and cut him in half with a quadruple tap center mass and get him out of the equation, if you've got him in the court system, don't ever let him go shopping with my family again. They keep letting out violent criminals to continue their violent criminal orgy and it's engineered recidivism. Everybody call your elected employees today and say hey I see what you're doing here. All this violent crime it's engineered recidivism. You're letting these monsters out on purpose and I want you to stop it. And if you don't stop it, Mayor, Chief of Police, State Trooper, Commander, Sheriff, if you don't stop it, Prosecuting Attorney, if you don't stop it, Attorney General, Lieutenant Governor and the Governor, if you don't stop it, Senator and Congressman, I'm going to get everybody I know to vote your ass the hell out of here because I don't want my kids shopping or going down the road with violent criminals who you keep letting out because if my family is a victim, I'm coming for you.
1: And I want to make sure that that message that Uncle Ted Nugent just said doesn't go closed-minded or closed ear to the other side of the political spectrum that we're speaking about today. We are obviously conservative, unapologetically. But the other side, okay, well, let's just bring up a celebrity we mentioned before, Howard Stewart. He is a self-admitted Second Amendment supporter and gun owner to protect his House out in the Hamptons, in his apartment in New York City, in Manhattan. He's admitted this hundreds of times on national radio and serious satellite radio. So if you're going to be a Democrat that has a gun in the House, I just think it is such common sense, Uncle Ted, that you're going to vote for somebody that stands up for your Second Amendment rights, the NRA, and all of these conservation organizations and hunting and fishing and living off the land. If it's just defending your family and owning a gun and taking the pride to go practice, and I watch you, Uncle Ted, promote agencies and services out there that – Give you the confidence and the wherewithal of how to handle a gun, load a gun, point a gun, breathe when you're shooting the gun, trigger pull, where you place your index finger on the trigger, all the things that go in to becoming confident with that weapon. Democrats own guns, too. So you can't tell me that you are going to vote for anybody that is voicing anything like this administration has to outlaw guns and to go after our guns and it's not just Joe Biden it's a lot of the state senators congressmen there's a lot of people and I'm going along the lines of what Ted just said call your politicians at the state level the city level the county level get involved you if you're a sportsman and you have a hunting license it's mind-blowing to know what Keith Mark and Uncle Ted Nugent have done with Hunter Nation and to know how many of us are not voting it's on us. So I don't want to get on a soapbox, even though I kind of did there a little bit, but I'm tired of people saying, yeah, I'm going to defend my, I'm going to defend myself. I'm Amy Schumer and I'm a funny comedian. No, you're not, but you do have armed guards protecting you on the way to your private jet, but then you're going to get on stage and I pay for a ticket to go watch you make me laugh, but you're going to fill me 20 minutes that guns should be outlawed. It's Ludicrous, and it's unbelievable that you would ever open your mouth about protection and defense when you have armed guards walking you to and from your green your green room to eat your Wendy's hamburger, because I know you're not eating clean, Amy Schumer, and then to your private jet or your limousine. It's absolutely mind-blowing to me that these Democrats are saying that they're going to vote for these people when they're going after our guns. That's just one example right there that, that ta- Donald Trump was 100% clear that he will support the Second Amendment. Amendment. So maybe I was on a soapbox a little bit, Uncle Ted, but Chad I building, just. Chad mind blowing. her.
0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, ditto, <laughs> ditto, ditto, no shit. But you're making this point, and I hope everybody recognizes it, that all these people who admit that they have armed guards, or like Howard Stern, he's had a concealed weapons permit in New York City forever, one of the rare guys that do and he claims he's for the second amendment for self-defense and for owning the gun and then he votes for people who would take them all away and then he promotes the careers of politicians who would infringe which is an oath violation which makes you a treason which means I get to put you in front of a firing squad and people go "Ah, Nugent Nugent threatened to kill people. No I didn't I'm saying if you're treasonous you need to be hung or face a firing squad that's not the guitar players hunch it's in our laws. So the point is, Howard Stern and the Amy Schumer's of the world, and the Jimmy Kimmels of the world, and all of these hypocrites—they have armed guards, or they carry a gun. Who's the uh, the Robert? um, uh, uh, Jeez. I can't think of his name right now they probably the most famous actor in the world i just adore him um are you talking about the
1: shooter baldwin no that was a joke
0: alec you know, baldwin that guy, what a dirtbag he is oh so i man. can tell you a great story about me handling prop guns in uh television shows but any and i will in a minute because it's interesting but uh uh robert de niro this guy oh, has become God. a maniac i won't this even watch his movies carried- anymore this guy has carried a gun all his life. He has one of those rare New York City carry permits, and he, he just about sucks off every politician that would ban the Second Amendment. So the hypocrisy is just stunning out there, and that's the left in a nutshell. The left in a nutshell is all about all these self-evident truth freedoms and rights for them but nobody else, if you're not a member of their gang. And the Democrat Party is a gang. The Democrat Party and the communists and the liberals and big tech and Hollywood and Disney and even Tractor Supply, Chad, Tractor Supply, farming and ranching, they supported a drag queen event in Texas where the, the fat, perverted men dressed like prostitutes were singing, kiss me where I pee. Tractor supply supported that. So there's a lot that we can do. But number one, I've always condemned the number one sin of man. Well, that's pretty outrageous. What would that be, Ted? I'll tell you what the number one sin of man is. Apathy. When you're standing by watching your neighbor's house burn down, picking your nose, that's a sin. You're supposed to get some water and help put the flames out. When you witness America turning into a Joe Biden gangster, methamphetamine, fentanyl chemical warfare, Ukraine tax torching, child molestation, child sex trafficking, open border, everything horrible, 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 treasonous, treasonous, demonic, demonic, and you just go hunting... And you don't vote for a guy that would stop these horrible conditions and policies. That's a sin. Because you could have voted. You could have got your buddies to vote. You could have got your family to vote. You could have got your neighbors to vote. And I know the votes have not been legal. And the whole voting system has been just scammed beyond belief. But we have proven with Hunter Nation. We have a hunternation.org. I hope you can put it on the screen at some point. Hunternation.org and huntthevote.org. We can show you jurisdictions where Keith, Mark and I went in and we confronted the hunting community because we saw that an embarrassing, a suicidal percentage of hunters don't vote. And what's more freedom oriented than the outdoor lifestyle, hunting, fishing, trapping. and, And even though the second amendment has nothing to do with any sport, it certainly is intrinsic to the freedoms that is alive and well in the sporting community. All of us hunting, fishing, and trapping friends have guns and the left wants to ban all those guns. Trudeau banned all assault weapons which included all squirrel rifles, all bold action rifles, lever action rifles, 3030s, and and, and side-by-side 475 H&Hs. <laughs> I don't know if there is a 475, 375. H. My point is If you're standing on the sidelines watching this horror story unfold, it's your fault. So hunternation.org and huntthevote.org. And I'm going to give you another one here we're working on. If we would just make sure all the sporting families registered to vote, and I won't even tell you who to vote for. I, I don't need to. But God, family, country. Constitution, Bill of Rights, Ten Commandments, Golden Rule, Independent Spirit, Law and Order, if, if Good Will and Decency, Good Over Evil, Self-Defense. If you believe in those things but you don't vote, Nancy Pelosi says thank you. The enemy says thank you for not returning fire. When, you're, when your brothers are being fired upon and you're refusing to get up out of the trench and shoot back, your buddies are dying because of you. Apathy is worse than socialism. It's worse than communism. It's worse than the Democrats. It's worse than Joe Biden. Apathy is worse than Hunter Biden. I don't know if I can bring up any example worse than that. But apathy in the hunting community has been just an embarrassment forever. And We could go over the rules and the regulations and the laws and the fact that you know, a, a guy's life is destroyed for killing one extra deer. But two illegal invaders with a felony illegal firearm killed and ate a bald eagle, and no charges were filed. Really? So if you're an American, if you one extra deer, which by the way, during um, Chris Brackett's trial for shooting one extra deer, his life was destroyed. He was bankrupted. During the trial, the government paid sharpshooters with the USDA to kill thousands of deer. So it couldn't possibly be that he got one deer would be a problem because the government killed thousands while he was being destroyed for shooting one. Well, he was against the law. It was against the law for Rosa Parks to sit on the bus seat, it was a bad law. Our hunting industry is strangled by insane anti-hunting bad laws that have nothing to do with safety or conservation and we need to fight to get rid of these bad laws and I could be here for a thousand days, never run out of examples. But you know what I'm talking about, goes back to apathy. People go, well, uh, uh, there's no reason you should have to use bait. Well, there's no reason you have to use a scope on your rifle. There's no reason you have to use um, a a custom-made hand-fly tie. Why don't you just put a booger on the... On the who, who's in charge of no reason? Who's in charge of that's not necessary? Who Really? So it's not necessary. My, 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 my sight on my Matthews has a light on it, but when I'm in a ground blind, I can't see the pins. Do you want me to kill the animal cleanly or don't you? So there are laws against such things. So my point is, sportsmen, we hold the crowbar to America. And we're not going to get it back with with john thune and mitt romney doilies we're going to get it back with a magnum crowbar of participation at the vote and putting pressure on our elected employees put pressure on your game department put pressure on your dnr and your state wildlife agency but politely and, and friendly but explain to them how their laws are nuts they're insane uh, Explain to them that we see it's engineered recidivism. My daughter's afraid to go to the park because you're letting out rapists and child molester Well, we got them registered. I don't want a child molester registered. I don't want to know where they live. I do want to know where they live. <sighs> they should either not live or they should live in a cage inaccessible to my daughter. Yep. So, I, you know, Chad, I am just drunk on truth, logic, and common sense. But it makes such a
1: good anybody point. To debate me. Your challenges are very accepted here. I'm not saying I want to challenge you or debate you. I'm saying that before I'm going to ask you to play one guitar lick to take us out, I want to end it by saying this, and you can also mention talk on this. With what Keith Mark is doing, with what Uncle Ted's doing with Hunter Nation, get out there and vote. And here's what I, where I'm going with this. Instead of spending hours trolling social media and – Literally insulting other hunters. Hunters are famous for this. We're famous. We're yeah. we're we're popular. I should say for infighting. Just what you just said. Oh well, you're not using the right type of fly. Oh, they're not going to let a wheelchair accessible veteran of the United States military hunt on Sundays. Really? That's that's really that's really worth arguing about. Oh, but you're using the wrong kind of bow. No, yeah. you can't you can't use bait here. No, you have to use a slingshot, and not a bow and arrow here. It's like if it's legal and it's ethical i'm not going to judge you we got to quit judging each other we got to quit the infighting instead of trolling social media and leaving a comment on my social media because i didn't take i that i took too much skin off of my mallard duck before i cooked it and it wasn't up to par with what you think it how you think it should be cooked. maybe you should take that time And write a letter to your legislature, write a letter to your state senator, go visit the sheriff's office, go talk to the game wardens, go talk to the heads of your Department of Wildlife and Natural Resources and do something that is constructive instead of downing other men and women that are trying to live this unbelievable lifestyle too. If we quit the infighting and spend our energy Going after the people that are going after us. We got enough people coming after us. Why go after each other? I cannot stand to see another comment that I did not cook my speckle belly goose up to your standards. That blows my mind. Go cook it yourself. Quit watching me. Quit watching me. Go By figure. The way, out- Chad,
0: if I may, I do media all the time, you know what I do all the time? I hold up this book. You guys have produced the most wonderful provider segments in our Ted Nugent Spirit of the Wild TV show. We're going on 34 years now, and we're on pursuit with more views than anybody on any other show. And we have a provider cooking segment by Chad and his gang, and you guys are awesome. You give those girls a big hug from Uncle Ted, and even those handsome boys. I suppose you can hug them, too. (laughs) Your segment on the provider on Ted Nugent's Spirit of the Wild TV show on Pursuit Network is just a wonderful, professional, down-to-earth, shit-kicker, believable celebration of the sacred flesh. In fact, when I do my different podcasts, I put these funny little uh, 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 guardian angel lights and I put them on top of my provider seasoning. (laughs) (laughs) Look
1: at that, that's the crosshairs.
0: I want you to know that we are teammates in celebrating what I've always called the sacred flesh. It's why we hunt. We hunt to feed our families the ultimate, most natural, renewable, delicious nutrition in the world. And the Provider Cookbook, you and your buddy did a great job. And your segments on Spirit of the Wild are just awesome. We're we're proud to have you part of the family, man.
1: Heck yeah, I'm proud to be part of it and everybody there your wife is unbelievable miss linda is unbelievable your son is taking great care of us when we see out on the road um, it just it's just awesome to know that Things that you would have thought 20 years ago when you listened to Cat Scratch Fever and I saw you live at the Reno Hilton Amphitheater that's now called the Grand Sierra, but that I used to show. I used to supply all the portable toilets with our company to that amphitheater and I was backstage and I'd see you going on and you shot your arrow and it's flames and no buffalo, like like now to, to know that I'm friends with you and I've been to your house, I've been in that room you're sitting in, it's just like, pinch me, right? And then be side stage and watch you rip the guitar It's just amazing. So thank you, Uncle Ted. We're proud to be part of the Spirit of the Wild family. Thank you for coming on the podcast yet once again. Do you want to go out with a little peanut butter? Do you want to go out with something that's new or something that's more familiar? This is Ted Nugent. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Uncle Ted. Thank you all for the subscriptions and downloads. We'll have another new episode coming soon. But this has been another episode of our podcast with the unbelievable, the one and only, Uncle Ted Nugent.
0: Whenever I get in from uh, checking my trap line I got earth under my fingernails, I got dirt, I snort the good mother earth's essence, I've got some raccoon blood and guts under my fingernails and I grab the guitar and cool stuff just happens. (laughs)
1: Mr. Stephen Colbert is what you call talent. Thank y'all for being here.